Welcome in to another episode of the Making a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Moore, here again with Ethan Raby. How's it going, Ethan? Uh, I thought it was Wednesday all day, um, and it's not. That's fair. That's about how it's going. On but, Wednesday, uh, I thought it was Thursday all day. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mad world out there. But, Crazy uh, stuff. Yeah, I'm hanging in there. How are and you? And everybody that's going to listen to this will yeah. hear it probably on a Friday or a day after that, and they'll be like, what are these assholes talking about? Yeah, that joke is not going to scan. Not gonna work at all. Oh, so I'm good. I'm mm. I'm uh, I'm caught up on wrestling. Uh, even had time to to watch movies and uh, other such things. A couple that involved wrestling. Have you seen uh, Peanut Butter Falcon? No. So uh, that's a movie that uh, I think it's on Amazon, and I think it's no. I paid for it, so I don't. I won't blame you for not going to find it to watch it. But essentially, it's about a uh, kid that has Down syndrome that is watching this old like 80s tape of like come on down to the wrestling school da 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 and he's like stuck in an old folks home just wanting to break out to go to this wrestling school eventually he makes an escape and he ends up being present for uh Shia LaBeouf's character who is this weird Florida hillbilly who blows up some criminal's boat and is being chased by these criminals for the rest of the movie so he ends up escorting this kid with down syndrome to the wrestling school and that's the movie you know the type of indie thing where it kind of is free-flowing a little bit dakota johnson plays uh the lady who worked at the old folks home is being held accountable for letting him escape and she has to try to track him down and uh by the end of the movie yeah now i thought it was really good they had uh mick foley shows up as the the referee at this little florida backyard wrestling event jake the snake roberts is the the wrestler who gets in the ring uh, with the with the kid um, like lot, it, it was actually a pretty good movie that I had sort of heard about. I heard a couple good things, and then when I saw that it was wrestling and there was a couple uh wrestling cameos, I I paid the four ninety nine or whatever it was on Amazon. I think you just made all of that up. That's a thing. I don't think that's real. It's a hundred percent a thing. I okay, fine. I'll be back in two weeks with my review of Peanut Butter Falcon because apparently that's a real movie. A real movie with who? Dakota Fanning. Dakota Johnson. Who the fuck's Dakota Johnson? Don Johnson's daughter with uh You said some it like that, but you said person. it like that's name recognition. Like Don he was Johnson. In like yeah. Fifty Shades of Grey. And Don Johnson is name recognition. No, no, no. Don, John- Don Johnson is, absolutely. Absolutely. Dakota name, Johnson's name in a lot of movies right now. She's uh Name two more. Uh after that. Uh I don't I don't watch See, enough movies. Here, here's the thing. You could have made it up just like you made up Peanut Butter Falcon. I like can only name. Else I can only name one movie with you Don are, Johnson. You are so I just named two full with Dakota of Johnson shit right now. Name two with Dakota Johnson. Don Johnson wore a KU shirt on the series finale of Miami Vice. I think Dakota Johnson was also one of the uh, chicks that uh, Iron Man slept with before he was uh, monogamous with uh, Pepper Potts. So I'm. First of all, I'm a hundred percent positive that. This movie is not real. Okay. I'm about you have 80, a phone 80, in your hand. 80% sure. You have sure. a phone in your hand to just Google Peanut Butter Falcon. I, you could solve this. I'm not wasting my time for your fucking lies. No, and I'm, I'm 80% sure that Dakota Johnson also doesn't exist. Okay. You made all of this up. There's no such, there's no such movie. There's no such person. So like, Dakota, professional wrestling. Uh, we're going to talk is, about WWE now. Technically, gonna, this counts. Everything this, is professional wrestling. That's true. We've made that point abundantly clear oh, on yes. a lot of different podcasts. I'm going to get it tattooed on my body. We're not here to talk about different movies with wrestling, although you got to love when it happens. Uh, we're here to talk about the TLC pay-per-view that's coming up this weekend. And 
I it was weird. We we always say with TLC or it really really any sort of non big four pay per view that occasionally it kind of gets lost in the oh, shuffle. Fuck me, Bruce Stern's in this movie. Yes. Um, did you How? want me to run down every single person in the film? Bruce Stern would have been a nice. Well, he's like he's he's not in it for that as long. well as John Bernthal. Um, he's also uh, not. That would have made me think it was more real than you saying Shia LaBeouf and somebody I've never heard of who you claim to be Don Johnson's daughter. That sounds entirely made up. <laughs> Look it up. Um, I have egg on my face, but I'm okay with it. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, the TLC pay-per-view, uh, before I was rudely cut off, talk about how sometimes the buildup just, you know, <laughs> nothing really happens, but WWE sometimes uh, shows that they're pretty good at hitting that go-home show and just getting a home run. And they they seem to do that this week. I I've, I thought the Raw in the last few weeks have been good, even though they've done maybe a worse job at uh, reminding me that a pay-per-view is coming up. But maybe that's better. Maybe it's better to let these guys tell the stories. And when you get to pay-per-view time, now it's like, okay, which matches need a, uh, to be on the card because they've gotten to that level of the rivalry. And uh, one that definitely uh, hit, you know, 11 this week, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens. I don't even know if it's a match on the TLC card. It is not on the wiki match card right now, but uh, it is the match that I am the most excited about right now. Uh, Kevin Owens, I think, is starting to find his footing as what he needs to be as a babyface, which uh, for me was a bigger problem than Seth Rollins figuring it out. We've seen Seth Rollins be successful as a heel. I think that's been the right role for Seth Rollins, and I, that's not like... Uh, revisionist history you're looking now that he's you know f- had that problem as a baby face that forced him to go back to heel I said it while fans were saying he was the greatest thing since sliced bread I was like I don't know look him as a heel Gus uh, they got Sami Zayn involved in a way that made it work to just push Kevin to that level show that Kevin hasn't changed in the ways that made us cheer him in the first place uh, and then it doesn't hurt to have great cinematography of Seth Rollins in the back in the eight uh, OP's van and spinning around, yeah, like perfect a, like shot, a, like a fucking Bond villain, perfect just, shot yeah. in a seat that doesn't exist. Like that's not a real van, <laughs> so you can't get that at Enterprise, even if that's actually where they got like the van a, from. A fucking haircut van, like what yeah. is this thing? <laughs> uh, but still perfect. The way he turned, the way he got out, yeah, it's good. And the jacket, uh, great outerwear from Seth Rollins. Uh, he's he, he's he's killing it on the look right now as the heel. Uh, that's the, the other reason he needs to be a heel because if you're coming out like a Power Ranger, I don't give a shit. You're coming out with like the super tight black shirt, and I want right. to punch you in the face. Well, that's a heel right there, and I can get behind that 100. Yeah. percent Perfect guys have next to him AOP. Everything that uh, Wade complained about from the Seth Rollins heel run last night. Oh, he's got the two little guys next to him. Now he's just supersized those guys, and all of it was great. He didn't even need what was the best promo in Seth Rollins' career. Yeah, uh, it is automatically the top of the list of what you should be watching in WWE right now, um, along with anything involving The Fiend. You know, it's it, like that's the only other thing that's going to really, you know, hang. Um, and and it's one of those things where there's no one dragging anything down. It's one of those perfect combinations of personalities and personas to where uh, everything has really... Felt actually, you know, you hear the term organic and how in development of storylines, it has felt semi-organic at least, you know, where it hasn't just been shoehorned in. It's 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 that you have um, 
you know, the, the way that, that you could sit back and view it is you have Aka Marie's R who are there to fuck shit up like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell at a job interview. And then you have Seth Rollins, who's not being appreciated, and you have Kevin Owens, who is being appreciated and is the the true baby face of this of this weird feud. And He's, then you and then you just it, it just all comes together and Seth and the AOP just 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 work. Uh, the only thing uh only thing missing now is Paul Ellering, but uh <laughs> No, that's fine. We don't need I'm that. I'm okay with that. Um, I, I, I hope he's having a nice nap and some soup. No, and it's, quite, I, it's quite old. It's not even that they quite made old. it's not even that they made the wrong decision getting rid of Paul Ellering. I mean, he he still could have worked with that, but uh definitely doesn't need to be in this situation right now because they found the perfect balance. Nah, and, yeah. and Kevin Owens as I just like seeing Paul Ellering, <laughs> Ellering on my TV, honestly. Uh Kevin Owens nailing when you're talking about like the the realism, uh Kevin Owens is the voice of the fans on these like really uh, generic segments, these ways you set up feuds where it's like you see where Seth Rollins is getting to. And it's not that we need to get there immediately, but you also can't have in the face running around being a dipshit. And in this case, Kevin Owens is running around immediately like, no, I know you two are together. Like, no, I'm not I'm not falling for any of this. Yeah. I know yep. And other than the moment of him looking at that weird Bond seat, which part of it was he thought the same thing I thought. He's like, did you guys get this at Enterprise? Boom. Hit yeah. in the back by an AOP <laughs> and shit goes to hell for him. The the curb stomp onto the cement, yeah. uh, like all of it nailed. And then, yeah, Seth Rollins comes out and his promo is like saying things that are real. He's saying all the things he wanted to say as a face and now he has turned it slightly to be back on the fans and it's perfect. It uh the only thing that it even got close to it was uh when Sami Zayn came back and cut a promo that was on the, uh, a similar vein. But at the time they were still cheering for Sami Zayn and like it was just like an awkward couple of weeks that the reactions didn't match what he was saying to them and because of that he couldn't go to the next step. And eventually he was just saying the same thing each week. And he, he found his path. I think it's working out fine with uh, being Shinsuke's mouthpiece. And now, I guess, Mojo's. He's he's the voice of uh, the underappreciated or something. It's all working out great. Hey, Mojo's just biding his time until Rob Gronkowski <laughs> gets into the WWE. But, like, I, I think that the, the way Seth Rollins came at it to say these things, they're still true. They're not just true to, like, it's not like maybe when... Who else would have attacked the fans? I, I Even just like Roman Reigns and John Cena doing this kind of like fourth wall break where it's like so choreographed that, you know, you're like, well, it's it, it's trying to be real, but still in the way that John Cena and Roman Reigns are kind of fake. Seth Rollins is literally saying the stuff that he's, the reason he became a heel is for what he was saying on Twitter that he was trying to, try, he, he tries too hard. And he says that in a way that he delivers this perfect promo that felt real because it's probably real. This isn't a script put in front of him. This is how Seth Rollins feels about the backlash. And it doesn't mean he has to be a guy who's now, you know, uh, going out for the cheap heat, saying things to to the crowd. But there are there is real animosity that's there. There is I, I saw a similar thing with you know, uh, uh, Dean Ambrose uh, when he was cutting The Chronicle, where there was a piece there about the way the fans treated him, but it was also impossible to do it the right way because the, the realism to how he felt, he was much more mad at the company, and you're not going to get to uh, tell those same yeah. types of promos. So with Seth, I think 100%. Like, he's a company man. He's enjoyed where he's been at, and he's done everything, to, in his mind, done everything right, and it doesn't matter. It's not enough for these fans. It's something we've talked about as being a great potential promo for somebody else, like 
every every couple months we get back and like somebody needs to cut this. And Seth Rollins not only did it, uh, considering how much I've complained about his mic skills and his, he nailed it even to a level I I, I thought he had um, whiny heel down to a T. He's nailed in one episode of Raw nailed cool heel whiny heel and heel that says the the thing that cuts fans at the knees might be my favorite person in the world right now like it's a he that promo was right really good i i'm a little worried because the thing i talked about last week where i wanted him to be <clears> that whiny heel for longer it's like don't do cool heel don't do the cool heel and then he spins like a J- bond villain I'm like damn it uh but he did it so damn well i can't complain I, i'm not gonna be that guy this week yeah uh, and, on and fire i'm enjoying it and i think that uh the fact that there is not a match involving those two on this card <clears throat> I think you're going to get a really like classic, you know, attitude era style backstage promo or not promo uh it's like uh, a beatdown uh, what, what do you call it? yeah beatdown more so like mm-hmm. like uh like a backstage event of some sort uh you know like look back to the attitude era some of the shit most of the shit you remember didn't actually involve wrestling you know it involved a lot of uh Fucking with Vince McMahon and the Rock's vehicles and and people getting hit by cars in the parking lot before that angle got fucked up, um, you know, like all these different things. Like I, you might get something kind of in that vein at least. It's not necessarily gonna. I'm not saying you're gonna have a classic moment, but you might. You and you you're probably gonna have something that is as big a takeaway as a match would be between these two at this point. You also might have a match, and I'm good with whichever way they play it. Yeah. Uh, if they just name it at the last minute and say, "Oh, it's gonna be this," and Hell, uh, if they just uh, have uh, one that goes across the bow to AEW, a lights out match that's uh, Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, and uh, do that, like I'm in, and make Seth Rollins tweet out about uh, it. I'd be down for a TLC match, a custody of AOP. Um, (laughs) So at what point are they going to start calling them the Architects of Pain? Probably already happened already they've already made the shirts <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so uh yeah I, I once again i i'm super excited about it really good i thought even like i said the Sami Zayn coming in to help out kevin owens genius smart move yeah. to, they they know what those two can do in the ring together they understand each mm-hmm. other and they pulled out a segment that worked to make well, kevin owens look strong it uh used mojo as the uh jobber that he's currently yeah. at but it also elevated him it put yeah. him in a moment to cut a really good promo, and make that segment really work. All three came out better after the segment was over, and that's all you could ask for. It's kind of one of those things that's, um, I think, often forgotten in wrestling today is, like, secondary alliances or just kind of, like, like not major storyline alliances where it's, like, you still know these two personas are on, you know, on the same page, even if they don't, they're not currently working together. Yeah. You know, they don't have to be in the same angle, because they're in the it, same ecosystem. Yes, exactly. And that kind of creates that more immersive feel for wrestling. So that's why I think that that, that kind of move is is um, very subtle, but very important for just the, the overall, um, you know, umbrella of of, of uh, uh, what, escapism yeah. for watching wrestling. Yeah, uh, that is actually a really great point is one of the things I thought was the the biggest change uh, to Raw in the last couple of weeks, the reason I felt that it was really good, it's also the one thing that, you know, if you're going to go back and forth on what's the better show, it's the reason NXT has been, in my mind, the best. The reason AEW has beat out Raw and SmackDown, depending on the week, uh, 
it is an ecosystem. Like, depending on what you like, you might not like what's happening at AEW, but it's hard to watch and not think that they're, you know, on the same page. They're figuring out their voice. They're putting it all together. Everybody that's doing something is doing something they want to do, and they're selling it the best way that they can, whether you like it or not. Uh, in in Raw and SmackDown, too often it just feels like it's it's uh, it's straight off the script. It's something mm-hmm. in front, and it doesn't even have to be a takedown of Vince saying Vince, you know, doesn't want to make good TV, but it is. It all sounds like Vince, and when that happens, it makes it very difficult for you to buy into these characters that need yeah. to be themselves. They need to be in the right situations. And over the last couple of weeks, at the very least on Raw, SmackDown, uh, very very up and down. Raw yeah. has found a way to find that ecosystem again that's yes. been missing in WWE, uh, other than NXT, for like a decade. If like it's been a long time, if not more. Yeah, like like you have, because that's always my. Um... You know, a lot of everyone does fantasy booking and you do fantasy booking on the fly. You know, you're watching and you're like, oh, I bet this happens next. This is going to happen next. If I'm watching, um, you know, Triple H getting his ass beat in the ring, I'm going to expect Shawn Michaels music to hit. But if they're not in an angle together, again, this is kind of how dated this concept is. Uh, You know, if they're not in the angle together, then they're then you don't have that. But it's also like. Um, the only time I've actually kind of seen it recently is more in the women's division. Yeah. Because I think so many feuds just change gears so quickly that, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching a baby face get beat down by three heels and you're like, okay, this is where Becky Lynch is supposed to come out because she was in a tag match with so-and-so three weeks ago and they like are at least buds, you know? So there's a loose alliance there. Yeah. 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 So that's the thing is like, like I said, like secondary alliances or however you want to look at it, like these kind of um, underlying links of, of characters I think is important to always keep in mind. The person you've been feuding with is now beating up some other face and you're just like, right. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And Roman, Roman is the like the guy who needs it the most to be sent out there to be Superman. Exactly. And that he's never Superman. You know who is? Ricochet. And I know yeah. that, and which is kind of the point. But Ricochet is kind of one of the only characters that you see have that where he is like how many fucking saving run out moments has Ricochet had in the last six months? It's yeah. it's at least like four or five. Like it, Vince is sitting there and grill and he's just like, go out there and do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids, the kids will like this. They'll think he's a hero. Send him out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, it's strange how often those things happen, and to to have weird segments where things are kind of forced in. You're just like, here's like six people for no goddamn reason. Yeah. But then in moments where you actually think, yeah, that somebody should come out and help this. WWE mm-hmm. is too often. You're just sitting there like, isn't this the the the? In? It's mm-hmm. tried and true wrestling that's missing. And you would think on a product that's overproduced, you would get those moments consistently. And instead, mm-hmm. somehow those have been you know dropped by the wayside. And when you miss that, and you have you know scripts that kind of take the voice away from some of these superstars, all of it comes together to just make you kind of not care. Like yeah, it it, it it's once, shallow. It's shallow. It's yeah. shallow. Overall, shallow character development is, I think, why you don't have, like you said, that ecosystem. Yeah, and uh, right now, you know, we, we're talking about the negative, but it, it's going positive right now. I'm happy. I, ho- I hope it keeps going. It's setting up for what could be a really good pay-per-view. Uh, one of the ones that's a, a little weird with, because uh, he's made his own ecosystem, uh, Bray Wyatt uh, versus The Miz. I wish I had paid enough attention to figure out exactly the the way The Miz worked into this, but at least it's giving The Miz something to do that's not the same cliched face remarks that I'm, he's been doing for a I'm while now. I'm really enjoying it, actually. Um, I'm curious to see what happens uh, tomorrow, which, uh, based on our, our current state of, of 
knowing what day it is. I don't know what tomorrow is. Uh, but Friday night SmackDown. There whatever, we go. Day, whenever, <laughs> wherever it is. Uh, I, I, so I want to ask you real quick. It's, it's hard to remember when the show takes place. Bray um, Wyatt versus The Miz. It is not The Fiend. Very specifically, it, it, is that so, a good or bad move? So has that, and that has been. That's how. That's how it looks on on, on the match I'm, cards and everything. I, I think it was part of it, and I I got the impression from what was going on, and then everybody talked about it that way. I'm pretty sure that that's the like implicit thing is that it is Bray Wyatt coming out of the fun house and it's not the fiend coming down this time. I'm curious. Um I think that I think that he still dominates. Um I think that it's gonna be one of those or he get or he's absolutely different. You know he's like, a little pussy. Right. Miz like, is just yeah. kicking Mr. Rogers like yeah. an asshole. Yeah Miz looks like like and that's how he's like Miz, why are you doing this to me? You know this he should kind bring of kids like, with him. There should be kids around the ring, like cheering yeah, on their I, favorite superstar. Into it, not the first. Wouldn't it be the first time Bray Wyatt's used children. Have them crying um, every time the Miz does a move. Uh huh. You're hurting him. Yeah. Oh my god, I'd love it. And then they mob him and rip him to shreds. <laughs> oh my god, if you actually get some spots of kids, kick it, get, get that Bailey girl to come out and just beat the <laughs> shit out of the Miz. Um, and that that or uh, my other thought is, do they do a somehow miraculous 30 second costume change moment under the like, ring like transformation under yeah. ring transformation kind of thing um but i don't know i really liked um everything with them last week i thought was really cool and like a lot of times that whole like involving the family stuff gets kind of just overplayed or doesn't feel as threatening like it should feel very threatening like like look back to uh, you know, Undertaker yeah. going to Vince McMahon's house and Vince panicking and all this and that and and like that that segment and maybe it's because I was like eight that segment felt very real. No, there was but, a level of it that was like it's it's the level of like cultist yes. thing that made it where it's like it's not a you know ghoul showing yeah. up it's like no it's like a grown man who's in a cult coming to your house and yeah. like scaring your children like. Like it, it, without the yeah. uh, gonna crucify your daughter without like. the supernatural elements, Samoa Joe doing it to AJ Styles. Other than the yeah. weird like Styles mailbox, those weird little idiosyncrasies uh -huh. that you know Vince made sure got in the shot. That was a great fucking moment because it, it it doesn't need to be real to have that you you can connect with it. You have, you yeah. have a level of understanding of what would you feel like uh -huh. if somebody was going to have a fight with and, you, but he shows up at your house to confront your family. And I think having it be the Miz who. His family has been so publicized, and actually, it is kind of like that, almost turning into that like first family wrestling. Yeah, for a lot of people who are casual fans, they fucking love the Miz and they love uh, the reality show and they love Maurice and the the whole family aspect, and it kind of makes it hard to buy. The more fucking kids he has, the harder it is to buy him as a heel. <laughs> like, like it's like, it, and they're just this kind of like ideal like wrestling american family canadian family you know whatever and uh i think that's why it's the perfect person to use for that if it was somebody whose family we didn't know i don't think this storyline would play quite as well it would probably still play yeah because it's bray wyatt and he's on fire um but the fact that you have such a connection to the family that bray wyatt is disrupting already I think that makes this feud as short of a build as it was mean something at a show like TLC, which already is kind of like a, a you know, so-so kind of show on the year usually. You know, it's, yeah. 
that that's a show that comes down to match quality. You, yeah, no one 100%. looks forward to TLC, which sucks because TLC matches are great, but the format of it is just so fucked, which we'll get into. Yeah, that you, who gives a shit? Um, I give a shit now because of certain matches like Bray Wyatt versus The Miz feuds like Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Yeah, uh, I I think with. How it's set up, it's good for the Miz because you get him involved in something that isn't the same uh, things he's been doing for a while. That's kind of cooled off his uh, his uh, pop. And then I, I also think when you have the connection of Bray Wyatt or the Fiend going from Daniel Bryan to the Miz, they use that well. When we talk about that ecosystem, you have to confront the fact is Daniel Bryan's becoming a face again. Now he's next to his mortal enemy, who's also a face, and you haven't had that moment yet. And so they they incorporated that a little bit and made that add to the story as well. Uh, only thing I want to know, you know, to to you know, in, in terms of the match, because they can do it a bunch of different ways. Like you said, he he could come out super strong. He come out weak. Is like it's, he needs the fiend to to help him win. Uh, what is the chance that uh, Bray Wyatt comes out and instead of the uh, you know quick change under the ring? Uh, there is just a fiend next to him that is a different person, and that person the, is get and that person is Daniel Bryan. <sighs> is Daniel Bryan going to be the first person who goes back into whatever kind of cult leadership power that Bray Wyatt has? You could do you could do that. I was I'm think, just saying Jim Jones didn't get a second chance. Bray Wyatt got a second chance. I'm just I'm just saying there's a it's more likely you just get somebody that's Bray Wyatt size that's a, a stand in instead of using it as like a competitor against Bray Wyatt. It's like oh this is a different entity. And that it, is it, also a very good possibility. The hundred percent Lars Sullivan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I mean I think I think you you do have this. Um, there's this interesting collection going back to the ecosystem conversation of you do have you have a missing daniel bryan who does have a link to bray wyatt's past you have eric rowan with a weird fucking something in a cage yeah also a link and then uh i mean you got Brody lee taking off for uh wherever he's gonna go but you you kind of wonder if like if these story you know if this is all gonna wind up being heavily connected. heavily connected yeah. leading to something wrestlemania worthy um you know, I, I think that this is something that is going to be a big character change for Daniel Bryan is kind of my feel for it. I don't exactly know where they're going, but, um, you know, that that's that's the the element that I think will arise at TLC, I think, is Daniel Bryan. And I don't know how. OK. Uh, yeah. If, if I had to put money on one of the two, either uh, if it's if it's Daniel Bryan being involved the higher odds, but if it's simply somebody dressed up as the fiend, uh, I'm I'm putting the money on Lars Sullivan before I do uh, Daniel Bryan. But we'll see. Who knows? Uh, Maybe that's the thing. He he. Uh, that's how he gets people into his cult, and then they all dress like the fiend. And he's got a bunch of fiends running around. Like uh, seems very expensive to make all those masks, but it's worth it. It's do they WWE. get like the cheap little ones that the kids get? Or <laughs> he rolls out with. Three dwarf wrestlers, all dressed as the fiend, a la Doink, and uh, we go down that path. Which uh, great fantasy booking right now. Don't rule it out. I'm uh, not. Hey, I'm not saying it should. I'm just saying it might. The the fantasy booking that, that we've had for a long time and is finally happening in real life. Uh, Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, uh, using both Oscar and Kyrie Sane as utter badasses. Uh, having them link up with the top two women in the the women's division over the mm-hmm. last few years, and 
also found a way to reasonably put Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair in a tag match together without it just seeming like, I would say fan service, but in this case the fans are like, stop ruining these characters, they hate each other. Found a way to do it organically. Makes sense. Uh, it, it, it's it's crazy, and you're going to get it. a pretty pretty big match. T- uh, tables, ladders, and chairs uh, tag match. So uh, th- this could be one of those uh, you know match of the year. We always get ones early on in the year, like that's ah, going to be match of the year all year, and then we forget about them. But this yeah. one luckily comes in at the the very yeah, end. Yeah. So it'll Os- be the Oscar season, baby. <laughs> when we end up doing a uh, a end of the year podcast to talk about all the great stuff that happened in 2019 in professional wrestling. This will be our favorite match. It is like, this is the number one match, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Uh, um, no, for real though, and this is the match I'm looking most forward to because it is the only one that has a true TLC stipulation. You know, like, I don't understand the point of a TLC match that doesn't have something hanging over the fucking ring. It makes no goddamn sense. It is the whole reason I don't like this pay-per-view format. Uh, Are be- you mad at the Roman Reigns King Corbin match already? Honestly, <laughs> kind of. Only for that reason. I'm actually, I like the match. I'm looking forward to the match. The competitors. I wish it was like, I'd honestly hang a fucking crown above the ring. I don't care. There has to be something hanging above the ring for a TLC match to actually be a TLC match. Otherwise, That's 100% true. Otherwise, it's a hardcore match with 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 a lack of inspiration. And I, I think An- that another thing that's already been uh, proven true through playing the WWE video games is like uh-huh. whoever did it's like why would I need a match that doesn't have a title up there? Like I could just do a hardcore match, assholes. Uh-huh. And then Vince is like, he played the game for two seconds. He's like, get that. We should do that every year. Yeah, a t- uh, a-, a TLC match without a title hanging above the ring is an Extreme Rules match that forgot to pick its kids up after soccer practice. <laughs> like, it's fucking bullshit, and I, I hate it. It is literally, of all the, because we talk about this with Hell in a Cell a little bit, of all the gimmick matches, this is the one. This is the one, because growing up, like, TLC is what really kept me going, as a, like, hung, like, hooked me, hooked me deep as a wrestling fan, is those first several TLC tag matches. And now you have two fucking tag team title matches on this card that you don't even have belts hanging above the fucking ring. That's why this is going to be match of the night. And even if it was on a different pay-per-view and it was just a tag team ladder match, would still be a match of the year candidate. But it's easily going to be match of the night. Uh, I just hope Kyrie Sane doesn't die when she goes for an insane elbow off a ladder and misses and goes through the table, calling it now. But that's how you take her out of the match. Makes sense. Um, the booking of it's awesome. Um, everything going into this match is great, and all four competitors are great. This is a treat. Um, as as pissed off as I am at the TLC stipulation, <laughs> which uh, uh, I, I guess I've, I've aired uh, enough of my grievances, um, I think this is going to be really fun. And also, I don't know how many. I mean, um, this is they haven't done a have they shit have they done a women's tag team title ladder match yet? I'm racking my brain. I was thinking about this I earlier. I don't think so. And I don't think they, they have. The, they haven't had the ta- women's tag titles been around that long. long. Yeah, they and just then, started Elimination Chamber. Yeah, right? Elimination so. Chamber was the only like big one that was based around those titles. So yeah. Yeah. So so that's also. I mean, tag team title ladder matches are the best thing in professional wrestling, um, and they have been since the triangle ladder match. Of oh fuck it, I'll go back to the, not even triangle ladder match. Just the the Hardy Boys versus. Uh, Edge and Christian for a fucking bag of money and uh, Terry Reynolds like <laughs> going back to that this is the best stipulation of any wrestling match there is yeah it's a uh, war games <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, it is uh, always sad when they have the the necessary stipulations to have a great pay-per-view and they just misuse them or there's been a few TLCs where it's like literally one match had a stipulation and you're just like, what was the point of calling it a TLC? Wasn't like, it only like a couple years ago? I yeah. Feel, I think there was one like maybe two years ago. And then there's one, but there's also ones where it's every uh-huh. match and I'm I don't s- know if it's like Vince hearing the crowd and when they complain one way, he's like, I'm going to go the other way. And it's like, we went too far. He's like, I'm going to go back that other way. Yeah. Like he just never finds that right balance. And like you can find a way to make it where like honestly, if it's called a TLC, like and I get that there's like a hell in the cell and you're not making every single match a hell in the cell match, but with TLC, and you've already shown to do this before, where you, you each match has a different like this one's a tables, this one's yeah. a chair. I don't necessarily like the chairs, but a chairs match is always you know actually I'm gonna go back and say that Baron Corbin versus Kalisto in a chairs match. Highly enjoyable. It was pretty solid. But that is totally Probably the best Kalisto match uh, I've ever seen. Good, good possibility. Um, and then didn't they do one year tables, ladders, chairs, and stairs? Something like, like that, Like, yeah. they, a fucking stairs it match? Rhymes. God, fuck off. Like, the reason it's tables, ladders, it's a ladder match. Yeah. The, the the participants is why it was tables and, and chairs that were, or, that were added to the ladder yeah. match. And I get, you, you know, that match formula lives on beyond those performers but if you're not hanging a fucking belt above the ring gotta have the belt it's it's an insult to those to those six men if it says ladders paved the way there has to be something hanging above like just has to uh in terms of now if you want to make a tables uh in different formats it can work but also i'm sorry is there a judge's card you're getting fucking (laughs) bonus points for going off the ladder then what the fuck are you gonna use the ladder for yeah, just going to beat people up with it, which, once again, there are a lot more cool. efficient objects to beat fu- people up with. How about a fucking guns match? Let's just fucking cut to the end here. Guns match. A duel. Uh, that's John Moxley at AEW uh, Revolution. Is that what the, uh, what's happening next? So, yeah, wait that for That or, uh, fuck, isn't he, uh, isn't he wrestling Lance Archer at Wrestle Kingdom? Yeah. So, someone's going to die. That's I mean, fair. that's, yeah. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they, you can... Find a way to make some of these matches better. Uh, but then also, you know, I say that, and then Roman Reigns, uh, you know, King Corbin, uh, I don't want the crown up at the top. Uh, I don't know if that <laughs> will help. Uh, apparently, the only thing you can put at the top of the ladder for them to climb up and get is a can of puppy chow or uh, some sort of some Alpo. Uh, the only thing, you, you already talked about this match, and you, you try to give it the positive spin, but got to ask then, uh, how'd you feel about the dog food segment of Roman Reigns getting it just poured all over into his beautiful hair? I wish I hated it more, but I don't. <laughs> like I, I don't expect myself to to be as in favor of this as I am. I was kind of disappointed with myself. <laughs> I'm not proud of myself, uh, but I, I was like, you know what? That's just uh, I, I, I love a good pun. And it's also um, a balancing act, man. They like you need a little bit of this type of uh, stuff on there. If they're gonna give you everything else working well right now, it's also just the way that like allow event moment to happen. One of the moments that you and I really do connect on is like our love of Baron Corbin, yeah, and how much he pisses off your smarky smarks. And I'm already a little smarky smark, you know, like but like full on smarky smarks fucking can't stand Baron Corbin. And this just moved it further in that direction, and it's just it's 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 a uh, little more delicious than a can of Alpo. Um, yeah, it's like and 
I've been asking this for a while, and I think I just I never made it to the podcast. I just asked Kinsey each week, and it's like stupid. I don't know why I haven't like actually written it down <laughs> in my notes. So when Baron Corbin ends up becoming King Corbin, and he wears the outfit out, and it's like this Game of Thrones crown, and then you got the like wolf like cloak thing. Uh, the only thing I thought in my head is like. Is that all you could get? Like, you couldn't even go and get, like, a state-of-the-art, like, Game of Thrones cosplay, like, big wolf coat? Like, and then I was like, never mind. He doesn't need to look cool. And it's like, the whole point is, he's just goofy enough to stay hateable. And if you tried to make it cool, it's not even that that would work to make the fans like him. It would take away from what you were trying to accomplish. But then I get stuck in my head. It's like, well, if they're going to hate him anyways, you might as well make it as cool dweeby as possible. Yeah. So which one is the better option? The shitty coat that he clearly did to just make people like hate him more? Or should he come out all cool but still doing all of the shit no, that people piss, hate him piss for? piss people off. Like, that is your job as a heel. Like, it's like, uh, like we go back to this, like, Bubba Ray Dudley being, you know, one person who said it famously. But it's like, if you're a heel, no one should cheer you. You sh- everyone should be booing you. You should be pissing off every single person individually. And if you see somebody you're not pissing off, you find a way to piss that person off. And if by doing that, you make fun of their love of a fucking HBO series and that gets under their skin, oh, buddy. Like, you're just doing your job right. Like, Baron Corbin is and has been crushing it as a heel. And uh, the, the fact that people have... Bad things to say about him, but can't explain to me as a wrestling fan why I shouldn't enjoy him in that role. They just don't like him. That's a perfect heel. Like he yeah. he's he's the best heel that that you know Ron's between Ron SmackDown at least the best heel that they've had in a good while. Yeah, I I, I that's the 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 point where I finally uh, you know I, I've just like you have come around to being just a little bit more smarky every day. And it's it's the fact that they can't allow like Baron Corbin to exist on the show. Like he's not even in the main event anymore. But like when they try to tell you that this is like they're not being worked, that it's actually that he's not good and shouldn't be on TV. It's like he's going up against Roman who we know how much Vince has tried to put him in the spotlight, who's come back from cancer and they're working the undercard right now. Like, if that is too much for you, is too much screen time for Baron Corbin, then, yeah, you, it's like you're not telling me actual reasons why he's not good. You've just been worked, and then you still yeah. want to pretend you're smarter than the business. And you're getting you're worked. Not. Getting worked. Uh, and I'm going to uh, – hot take. Smearing dog food on a cancer survivor, uh, bigger heel move than kicking that basketball out from under that kid when he had to dribble to – It's a close. It, 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 they're pretty close. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go with the basketball, but, you know, like we, we got to give credit to dude. Maybe it's one of those things. It's, it, it's something that will get credit – uh, in due time. We didn't want people to tell us how great kicking the basketball was until we had some time to move past it and look and, back and be like, we hated him in our childhood. That's how we know he was great. Yeah. And Baron Corbin, it might take you 10 years for people to figure it out, but they'll know you're great someday, King Corbin. They'll know. Just got to wait it out. Uh, next up on the list, one that I maybe they're also doing things right because everything is playing out. And once again, fans can't complain about this if they're going to cheer the segments when they're supposed to and boo the segments when it's set up to be booed. Uh, Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, I, I just think most of it's been bad. It, it's not even something I've booed. Like if I was at the event, I would sit on my hands the whole time. 
Um, but Rusev versus Bobby Lashley and Rusev getting the types of cheers he's getting, uh, I, I think that match can work out well. I, I have no idea what what was supposed to be accomplished by what was uh, said by Lana. I don't know if she just can't remember a script or that was the script and it was that bad. Uh, but it didn't do anything for me. Still going to say as long as you get Rusev and Bobby Lashley in the ring and uh, right now, does it say tables match? Rusev powerbombing Bobby Lashley through a table or Rusev getting like hoodwinked by Lana who pretends to be back interested in him long enough for Bobby Lashley to get the upper hand and slam him through the table. Uh, I think that can be a great spot. I just really hate how much time Lana is taking up from Raw each week. If there was a negative to the show, it is her, and it's not in the same way they were talking about Baron Corbin. I'm literally not watching once she starts talking. Yeah, um, and, and it's it's really just the most... I, I think a lot of it is improv, I think. It has to be. Because uh, no one no one writes the way Lana speaks. Um, because people who speak the way Lana speaks are borderline illiterate. Yeah. So I don't understand <laughs> exactly what they're... I mean, it's is it just roll out of... I mean, is it 1999 kind of, you know, marketing of roll out a really hot blonde and have her be just pissy and mean and hateful and then you, you love the... Yeah, I mean, honestly, it might just be that. It might just be that maybe that's why it works so much is because it does make you dislike Lana more. Like, you already dislike her for cheating on one of the purest baby faces in WWE. Um, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe we're getting worked. Maybe this goes back to the Baron Corbin conversation of is this how you make Lana... That's More the annoying thing is, is that she's just a, a person who comes out and just says nothing. I don't think I'm getting work, though, because like I said, I'm not See, reacting. That's, that's what everyone says who uh, doesn't like Baron Corbin. No, no, no. But they, they are reacting. They're at the event booing. I'm literally saying I have stopped watching while she's been on. And yeah. I, I I think when I when I hear like the cheers coming for Rusev and the booing of Lana and the way the fans are interacting... I'm not saying they're wrong for doing this. They're pro they seem to be right. And as much as fans want to complain, as much as I've complained, like it's getting the desired effect. So that's fine. Keep doing it, I guess. It's just it's not doing shit for me. Yeah. Um I think that this is one that maybe this I don't know, the segments maybe just need five less minutes per segment. Like it's, that, that could help. And again, it's like like I said, it's like Lana's not even saying that many words. She's just saying them really long and really loud. Yeah. Like it's it's just not a lot of character work anymore. And she's like, repeating it and it, she just yells yeah, it like she, three she times. She hasn't so. said anything new in a month. Yeah. And she just pauses awkwardly and elongates sentences and elongates words to take up screen time and it's fucking bad. Yeah. Um Rusev bless his heart has been killing it in this angle. Um anytime that you've seen him and honestly <laughs> Bob Lashley is doing some of his best work in the last 2 years. He's surviving, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's he he's got his head slightly more above water than you. I I think with Bobby Lashley, what I noticed, as soon as he got in the ring, I was just like, this is exactly what was happening on TNA when everybody was telling us he was doing good. It's like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, you yeah. just keep telling I us it's good. I fucking <laughs> bought it, and I'm pissed. Because, like, there were so many people that's like, yeah, actually, Bobby Lashley is kind of one of the, like, you know, you don't think of him as being a top guy. He's actually doing really good. I'm like, oh, okay. 
And then he comes back and he's like, no, 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 this is the same Bobby Lashley I didn't give a shit about 10 years ago. Like, I was right. Yeah, I knew. Like, I watched yeah. one segment. It was him and uh, guy Moose, and then they were fighting some UFC guy. And so then they had his, like, trainer was, like, the guy doing most of the talking for the segment, and he's not good. And then I was like, well... It's not like Bobby Lashley's any better. They were all equally awful, and they were actually in a, you know, it's a it's an MMA fight, so all they got to do is say, I want to kill the other person. It's a simple, like, yeah. thing that if, if you're not good at acting, you're not really going to ruin it as long as you fight, but I still watched it. I'm like, it's kind of boring. Now he's back in WWE, and they're just putting him into other weird, like, roles like that. It's like, it's not WWE fucking it up. Bobby Lashley wasn't good. You just tried to lie to everybody because nobody would watch it each week. Yeah. Like, all it, these super hardcore fans that are actually watching DNA. It's pretty bad when, like, so Bob Lashley, I'm going to go the Rusev route. Bob Lashley goes, you, know, you put him through MMA. And have you ever watched a UFC video promo package? It's really good. Yeah. And these guys aren't actors. And they have more charisma than Bob Lashley. Yeah, who's supposed to be part actor, and it's it's I, it's I don't know if he's just really focused on trying to get his eyebrows to grow back in. <laughs> or what the fuck is wrong with him? But oh my god, he is just a a fucking cut and paste. He's a charisma vacuum. Oh, charisma vacuum is 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 like is 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 yeah. That's fair. A, va- a vacuum does more work. I was gonna say charisma uh, glue trap. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, you just kind of land on it like, and you. Shit. You're like, God, I wish I could die You didn't faster. kill a single rat, but uh, yeah. my foot stuck in you, yeah. you piece of shit. Yeah, yeah he, no. <laughs> like, Bobby Lashley is a glue, cra- glue trap that got stuck to my cat's foot. That is that is the value of entertainment that Bob Lashley brings to me. And it's and, not- And, and the, the, the cat happens to be Lana. It's like, you love it, but it's just awful. And honestly, I- <laughs> Stepping I, into glue trap. I would panic if my cat stepped on a glue trap. I would leave Lana in the fucking glue trap. <laughs> so, I, like- for Bobby Lashley, we we always knew what the answer was. It was what they were trying to do with Leo Rush for a while, as happened being his mouthpiece. And then now, <laughs> Leo Rush was kind of a dipshit, but he's they, getting better and maturing. Yeah, he's great in the ring, apparently. So like, you just let him do that, I guess. Apparently, uh, no, yeah, he's he's killing it right I, now. I, I, I like Leo Rush. I do. Um, so Bobby Lashley, the an- there are answers for him. It's not that he can't do stuff in wrestling, but oh, definitely yes. putting yeah. him in a soap opera with Lana, who's somehow yeah. like worse than him. Like hey, that is a bad move for Bobby Lashley. We're gonna make this entire angle all drama and uh, just just backstage brawls. Who do we need for an all drama segment? They should have used like Bobby Roode or something. Yeah. Like I that, thought Bobby Lashley was like, pulling it together too, right before they did it. Like he was finally getting this, like beating people up. Like it was just yeah. he was in the exact role for him. And then they're like, let's throw him with Lana. This will work out. This yeah. is not a terrible idea at all. So we've talked about this for too long. Just like the segments of Lana yelling uh, at the crowd, we've been dealing with this for too long because it just doesn't fucking matter. Alistair Black, Buddy Murphy. Cats and a good uh, <laughs> So I, this is one, like I uh, was telling you before we jumped onto the podcast, uh, it's the type of match that they would put on any card. Like it's a cruise, like a cruiserweight match where you're like, yeah. oh, we're going to be Five star work rate. Yeah, it's pro- like you don't need a build up, and in this case, there they ha- did there give it a build up. Has been a build, and I just missed it. <laughs> it kind of it kind of falls in that midway point of raw. Like it just it it. Uh, I'm still not inter- entirely sure. I can't actually think of when it started. I've seen the segments. I don't even know if it's on Raw. It's not on SmackDown. I have no idea. 
It's on Raw. But okay, don't yeah. Hang on. <laughs> See, but the fact that I could trick both of us in that moment, uh, yeah, no. In <laughs> Alistair Black, like that that gimmick of being in the back and he, they knock on my door and he's got the rhythm down and everything. Yeah. But it also starts to fall into that repetitive thing that it, you hear it too much and then it's like it's it's kind of lost its value. Yeah. And you're gonna need a really good match from that. You're gonna need the type of match that say. Yeah. Uh, like a Matt Riddle versus anybody on a takeover, where by the end of it, uh, you need the loser, and it does like Alistair Black yeah. has kind of been on that like keep him undefeated for uh-huh. till WrestleMania thing. I don't ruin that, but if, if Buddy Murphy was to win, I it, wouldn't be mad. But you need the loser to look hella strong in this match, and I think they'll do that. I think they can absolutely do that with these two. Um, and I think also it kind of enhances because Buddy Murphy has also sort of been on this like. All right, you like had like a hot moment, and then you kind of got you know knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. So it kind of works for both of their favor. Yeah, and um, it's kind of working and like and some of those NXT takeover matches it, where it really is, and, and it's it is like it honestly on that entire show these guys their work rate might be both in the top you know, top ten for sure. Yeah. I mean, like they're 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 both of these guys don't put on bad matches. Yeah. Um. They they both have exciting matches. I kind of wish there was maybe a stipulation, maybe even if it was just a no DQ match, you know, something. But I don't. It doesn't need it necessarily. It would just be interesting because of the pay per view format. I feel like chairs. Uh, this would be the one time chairs could work. <laughs> chairs because Alistair Black kicking the chair okay. into uh, okay. Buddy yeah. Murphy's face. I know we don't do that anymore, but it would still be great. Um, I think they could get away with a one like time. with like a Van Damaneer style yeah. uh black mask. He could do that. Because he's hitting himself in the face, really. Yeah. Sort of. So, uh, but, yeah, no, I think this will be uh, uh, a barn burner. It'll be good as long as, gets, as long as it gets time. It doesn't have, like, a fuck finish to draw yeah. it out, like, into a longer feud. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It'll be cool. Like, th- this is one that I don't really have strong feelings on. But, like, I think that that is a good comparison. What you said is, like, it's like uh, like a Matt Riddle match that you're not really sure on the build. Like, fuck it. It's going to be yeah. a Matt Riddle match. It's going to be good. And it's it, an Alistair, I mean, Alistair Black and Buddy Murphy. Fuck yeah. It's a little different than the uh, like cruiserweight matches I compared it to because a lot of them, they had no steam to go. It wasn't just that the build wasn't good. It's the character it, it was, doesn't have steam, but they can put on yes. a good match. These two have that steam. They just maybe the build was a little awkward, didn't quite, or I just wasn't paying enough attention to it. I think we still care about both Alistair Black yeah. and Buddy Murphy. And, most. And, Hardcore wrestling fans at the very least, and I, I think that that either of these guys, it, it's whoever wins, you could send that trajectory into your mid card title. That yeah. could be your next U.S. champion or IC champion level kind of guy. Um, that I mean, the Intercontinental Championship, it's it's like uh, it's not. I don't know. Is it in hospice care? I don't even know where the <laughs> fuck it is anymore. Uh, Shinsuke is running around with it. All it not somewhere. not good version of the IC belt. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, it, it could be uh, that type of match where it pushes them in the next level. Could even just get them into an upper-level uh, feud that's not for a title but is with somebody who's, uh, you know, killing it right now. So uh, that's the type of match. And, and it could just be used as a really great match to show that Aleister Black is still, you know, that guy and he's going to be on the Oscar trajectory of uh, getting taken down by a big star at WrestleMania. Perfectly fine with that being the the scenario yeah. for this as well. Uh, New Day versus the Revival, Viking Raiders versus, I think, the Street Profits. Those are the two tag matches. Which one are you looking forward to the most? Whichever one changes their stipulation last minute to be a fucking <laughs> true TLC match, but the goddamn titles above the fucking ring. 
Um, I mean, New Day and Revival, you can't go wrong there. Viking Raiders don't put on bad matches, and uh, neither do Street Profits. If Street that's Profits the case. are killing it right now. Um, honestly, those two could also be just fucking amazing. Um, yeah, Street Profits. Uh, yeah. I don't even need the match to be good because uh, what they're doing uh, on the mic right mm-hmm. now. Uh, they're, are, are they building towards a WrestleMania match against Colin Jost and Michael Shea? They could. I mean, they, they already ripped off the. They already they already stole their gimmick. That's after gim- the that's gimmick infringement right there. Is, uh, is pretty good. That that's a good way to build up uh, a feud there. The Scarlett and Johansson hanging above the ring they, TLC match. I mean, they were funnier than anything that's been on Weekend Update anytime. I'm just kidding. I like Michael Che. Weekend um, Update's like the best thing going on SNL. It's uh, nobody watches. Nobody watches Weekend Update or anything else on SNL. Yeah, that's not true. What's the last? Great sketch, because I, I get it. You like a weekend da- update. It's David S. Pumpkins. His last great sketch. Okay, but... <laughs> that's been a while, man. But weekend update doesn't have like great hundred percent like moments. It's just a consistently funny product. Whatever. Street Profits nailed it. They they did it better. <laughs> uh, it was a good time, especially at the end. I didn't know that they'd go for like. I, I thought it was going to be the kind of. Uh, innuendo that you kind of uh, step around and then they're like, nope, 100% staring at their own dicks. Yeah. And it's like, all right, <laughs> yeah. that's the way to finish that segment. Uh, so yeah, that I, I think they nailed I, it. I don't I, know how, I don't know how they got like full reign to literally just be themselves. But like, yeah. you always talk about like characters on any main brand, like suffering. Street Profits have only like enhanced themselves in their as their own characters. Like they yeah. haven't changed at all. I think it's that they're naturally funny. And so they make they they, can, Vince likes it, so he lets them do it. I think, yeah, you're probably right. Actually, is like it's one of those things he just it's one of those few things that Vince trusts. It's like, you know, when they always tell the stories about like a serious wrestler that like dances around Vince, it's like don't fucking do it. Yeah. Like Street Profits <laughs> do it, but it's like that is them. So yeah. like they were pigeonholed in the right way. Like it's like they put it's like yeah, the, your career is gonna be over doing what you've been doing the whole time no never mind yeah this is the perfect spot for you i feel like this man is like uh like a grumpy old neighbor who like chases a cat off his property (laughs) every day and the cat runs away and he's like god damn it i love that cat (laughs) so yeah like i i i think they've been put in a great role and i you know you 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 thought maybe it could be uh, i don't know played out very quickly or like like you said uh not allowed to be themselves like even if they were initially Vince is going to keep putting in ideas that ruin this, but no, they free reign just, and at most maybe Vince told him to do the dick joke and they found a way to do it in the, the funniest way possible. <laughs> but uh, that's actually I, probably really accurate. So yeah. I, 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 I'm excited for that. Uh, they, they've put on good matches as well. If I was to pick the one that's the most likely to just, you know, not have any problems, uh, new day versus revival, just because mm-hmm. at this point they're the ones doing the the Vince McMahon version of tag matches uh, that are really good, and they know that when they yeah. get cut on time, they're still going to make it at least a quality yeah. match. This is going to uh, be I don't good know no if matter. the Viking yeah. Raiders and the Street Profits are there yet. I, I think Viking Raiders and, and Viking Raiders and Street Profits. Yeah, you're right. Like the 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 time constraint might be an issue, and I'm also kind of wondering like how long are Viking Raiders going to have this ride. I feel like it's yeah. going to be the next great long tag team run. Um and and I I feel like this what you could do is build this in a way. I'd have to do the math on this, but build it in a way where they're about to break the new day streak and then that's your rivalry after like a superstar shakeup. Yeah. Uh or leading into a mania if that lines up. When did they win the titles? Um I don't know, man. It's been a little while already. Been like, a bit. And 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 you know, they're rolling strong and you know, we've we've said before that the Viking Raiders 
war experience is the, you know, the demolition and road warriors of their day, you know, and, and, and I think that obviously Vince sees that he obviously likes this style of tag team. And I think that, uh, this and now that I'm saying all this, they're going to lose the fucking title yeah, on Sunday. But, but uh, but I really do think that this is going to be, um, over the next you know of the next five years, this might be the longest tag team title run. Is is the is the Viking Raiders? I have to look at the name now because <laughs> there's so many goddamn words. Um, and, Viking Raider War Experience Extravaganza. Dot com. Bonanza. And uh, and I think that that's um. That is kind of why it makes the TBD interesting. Like you said, it's probably Street Profits, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's AOP, and that's like another way to just boost this this weird feud and and, and faction that's kind of building. But I, I'd enjoy that. I, I I think it'd be great. But I think that I think you save that for Mania. Yeah. Um. I think. I, yeah. It depends on what you're trying to do, and like you said, if you're gonna cut the Viking Raiders short, there's no reason to throw an AOP. I think Street Profits better decision right mm-hmm. now. Uh, the street profits, it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. Street profits are always going to thrive. Like those guys are just so good and talented in every aspect of yeah. of what that business needs. That if they're not the guys winning in the ring, they're going to be the guys winning backstage. One hundred percent. We were talking about the the revival with uh, you know their fight for the the tag team belts and and you know that. Considering earlier this year, we thought they might have been leaving WWE. Uh, at the same time, we were talking about a lot of guys trying to get their release. The first one that got uh, big attention after Ty Dillinger left and got to shoot straight to AEW Sinkara? was uh, Sin Cara. And he's yeah. gone now. But more importantly, Luke Harper uh, <laughs> asked for his release back around WrestleMania time. And, you know, like I said, right around when AEW was getting rolling and Ty Dillinger got his release and just hit, uh, you know, just immediately joined in. It went perfect. And based on what we know from Meltzer's reporting, uh, a bunch of wrestlers tried to do the exact same thing. And that's when WWE's like, yeah. um, no, we're, we're going to have to stop we're this. Gonna, we're going to hold on to you. And when we don't <laughs> hold on to you, you're going to have a non-compete clause. They went even a step further with Harper adding time on to the end of his contract based on his uh, injury history. Uh-huh. And honestly, I, all I think that does is help AEW. And and I think this was your point actually from months ago is that it's better that Luke Harper comes in at a later point rather than when they have this big hot bang. It's as they're hitting this point where there is like, all right, it's, it's leveling off. It's not dropping, but you're starting to be a big surprise, but but you're starting to see what it's all about. And then I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's uh, well, no, it wouldn't be Jericho Cruz (laughs) where he pops up, but it's going to happen eventually, uh, th- unless he goes to Japan. But I, I really yeah. think that he's going to, like, the 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 move that's going to make him a John Moxley-level superstar is if he goes to AEW, he will be that big. Yeah, and he'll probably do the same thing that Moxley did, which is the you're in AEW, but you're also allowed to do other shows, and you're yeah. going to New Japan. And I think with Harper, yeah, part of it was – uh, the the timing, just having kind of different guys that are being released. You don't want them all at once. And yeah. as you keep adding them in, you, you don't want your whole roster to just be former WWE guys. But I think the fans look at it in a different way anyways. Uh, the the, the, the well, type well, of person it, it, who it, thinks it's a negative to just have a bunch of WWE guys is the type that was never watching AEW to begin with. And it's also a type that never watched indie wrestling. It's yeah. it's it's The thing is, uh, John Moxley isn't just a former WWE guy. He is his own man. And same with Luke Harper, Brody Lee, who he trademarked Brody Lee, the name Brody Lee, like a 
a day before he got released. Yeah. Um, like that's gonna come back, and that's he's Brody Lee, and and as much you know good work as he put into WWE, he fuck it, he's Brody Lee. That's not a WWE guy. That's Brody fucking Lee, just like it's John Moxley. You're gonna have this association of independent wrestling coming into the mainstream into AEW, not from WWE, because there's nothing about their independent careers that was present in WWE. It's about how they transition into AEW. And I think that what you'll see is is Brody Lee will be the next one. If that's the name he goes under, which I can't imagine it's not. Um, and I don't know who else might also fall into this. You know, is this something that happens once a year for the next five years where you have somebody, a Kevin Owens slash Kevin Steen, a, an El Generico, you know, a, a whoever that uh, has risen through the indies been an indie darling who made it in wwe which for the last decade has kind of been wwe's formula but now those guys aren't living up to what fans want to see in the wwe and there's an alternative there wasn't an alternative before and so now over the next five years if some of these guys are getting churned out and released back into the the aew wild and being kind of back to their true form that fans loved, but also having been seasoned from their time in WWE, is that what makes AEW a great competitor to WWE over the next decade? Yeah, I, and not only that, uh, the last little bit of that is the time in WWE is not just seasoning, it is mass appeal or at least mass audience yes. watching them. Yes, And so when you're bringing those guys in, as opposed to it just being like, WWE cast-offs, these are guys who are coming to an audience that respects them, that wants them to, like you said, be the artist that's kind of in their environment that gets to do what they want to do, while at the same time, there are certain people that maybe don't watch AEW, they don't watch indie wrestling, but they did enjoy Luke Harper when he's part of the Wyatt family. They do have this connection with him. They know the name. Even when it changes to Brody Lee, they're looking at, that's Luke Harper. And they'll turn tune in to AEW to give him a look. And you know, whatever that number is of people that aren't watching, it might be small, but there's still a number that is like, they don't have necessarily a reason to tune in. Maybe Moxley was the reason for some of them. Maybe Jericho was. Yeah. Maybe, like, he, it'll keep going down, but there'll be guys that are, it's Harper. There'll be guys that it's even if the, number, the Ascension even. Yeah, even if that number is like five to ten people, you know, look at the success that was brought on in WCW for a similar move. I mean, obviously it wasn't, it wasn't like, indie to mainstream to AEW but but you get what I'm saying is yeah. the the recognition is what you're talking about of yeah you had you had Hogan, Hall, Nash and then like Luger and then a lot of other names that weren't quite on that level that had that jump ship sort of uh, uh crossover but even that is look at who made all the money for WCW in you know 97 and 99 is Hogan and Hall and Nash, you know. Well, technically, and, and Hogan cost them all the money that made a bankrupt. All right, day. fine. Made them famous. <laughs> maybe, maybe not made them money. Uh, put a bound of money. But you get, you get yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah. Brought them notoriety, you know. And that's the thing is, is this going to be the, the 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 fear that a lot of people project on Vince doesn't want to build stars because he doesn't want stars to to leave and be bigger somewhere else. And now that's the thing that's going to drive them it's to the, go to it's the company. The opposite. He's holding people back well i know to but a like point and now they're getting to be stars yeah. elsewhere and that is what is driving AEW. it's a different 
yeah. model. So it's a, it's the opposite thought of that kind of mentality. If that is the mentality, I don't know. We don't know. No one knows except for Vince and Vince is fucking insane. So only Vince knows. And even then he only knows half the time because fucking psychopath. But uh, it, it's a matter of, of, you know, almost the opposite effect. John Moxley was a star in WWE and Luke Harper was on his way to being a star in WWE. But, you know, there, there hasn't been somebody that the, the, the leading, the biggest example would be like a Seth Rollins. You know, if you had, for whatever reason, Seth Rollins not sign his contract or let his contract run out and go back to being Tyler Black and join AEW, that would be a huge name. But even then, it's kind of like on the indie scene, who would you rather see, Tyler Black or John Moxley? Like John Moxley's kind of a a a better draw even then. So you don't no, have. No, you, I I think they're pretty close. I think the they, big they are, but but they they don't have. What I'm saying is that there's no one who is using their star power as a uh, complete shift over. It's more of their star power is used to enhance their previous notoriety, and they're kind of merging. So it, it, it it's just very different. But it's kind of happening the same way. Yeah. I, the thing I look at is there's going to be certain guys who they they don't get ruined on the way out. And in Luke Harper's case, they just didn't even let him like perform. Like they like they brought him back a little bit to do the, the Roman Reigns attack. And like for the most part, it's like it was kind of working. And then they're just like, man, we don't care. They pull it. He's gone again. Yeah, but and by the time it's done, fans are like super excited that he got like released. They're like, yeah. yeah. And it's like. He's going to have a 90-day no-compete clause, and basically he's gaining two weeks of freedom before it, his contract was going to run out anyway. <laughs> exactly. It, and in wrestling, do you realize how how wrestling fans have some of the most long-term memory? Like, I would, lo- I would love to see a study of uh, wrestling fans who uh, don't, don't suffer from Alzheimer's. Maybe it's out there. Probably not. It should be. Wrestling fans remember shit. Very, very, very well. Even if it's shit they weren't alive for. Wrestling fans just know the the the, the history books. So we're losers who have Wikipedia is basically what you're saying. And the WWE network. It's true. And if you're gonna you know go back to We the, live the Star Wars. The, the cliche of, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. If I was seeing Luke Harper on my TV and enjoying what he was doing, like when he was teaming up with Rowan briefly, yeah. I fucking love that. I told you that that could be the next demolition. And it could have. And if you would have had that every week and then he was gone, I'd be bummed. And then if he was next week on AEW, I would enjoy it. But it would have also still liked that thing that I had two weeks ago. I haven't had Luke Harper on my TV in months. If I have Luke Harper on my TV all of a sudden now, I don't give a shit what was on my TV four months ago. So Luke Harper is now Brody Lee, who is now modern day Brody Bruiser, Bruiser Brody. I just bit my tongue, um, and, uh, and 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 but having that is is what makes it uh, so exciting is that you haven't seen him recently. Yeah, there, there's obviously that factor that used to be they always talked about if you were gone for a really long time, like a year. It's like that's a career killer, and in the 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 new form of wrestling, it's like it just building up anticipation. The moment you come back, and in this case, it, it's going to be a while because, like I said, ninety day no compete clause which I believe puts him out past 
past the recently announced AEW Revolution. So you could probably do something similar to John Moxley where you're doing different trailers yeah. to kind of build in, but not going to be able to be at that show. Uh, but like if he if AEW is the ultimate destination for Luke Harper, by the time he get like it can be six months from now and it's going to pop. Like there's no doubt yeah. in my mind that that's that's going to work and, out. And the idea that it's a he's a WWE cast off and Vince didn't see anything in him, you know he's going to get that reaction from them. You know what he can do in the ring, and I I, I like to believe that similar to John Moxley, when he's given uh, free reign over his character, he will find a way to make that somebody that's enjoyable to watch week to week. Uh, so I, I'm I'm excited for it. It does suck that it's going to take some time to get there. Uh, we are transitioning over to talk about AEW real quick. Uh, you've not seen uh, this week's show, and I watched it, but didn't have too many takeaways other than it, you know you. Good moments with Jungle Boy interacting with Chris Jericho. I think leading Always in, a good time. Uh, next week is going to be the match where they face off for Jericho's last match of the year. Um, you know, your uh, Jericho and uh, Jack Hager, Jake Hagar. Uh, they end up going to the announce table. They kick Excalibur and whoever the other uh, – it was uh, Tony Schiavone this week. Kick him <laughs> off the announce table. Like, we only want to talk to JR because Excalibur said that I didn't know what lexicon means. And Chris Jericho goes on a rant talking about uh, the definition of lexicon and he does this whole bit. And uh, I thought that was great. He's on there talking about how uh, he thinks Luchasaurus is a great wrestler, but he's not believing he's a dinosaur, not one bit. And great moments uh, that – like I've been saying for the last few weeks, AEW is definitely starting to feel out exactly uh, who their characters are, how to work them together, uh, how to blend. This isn't just indie wrestling, a lot of good wrestling in the ring. How do we get the promo segments to make this uh, entertaining wrestling television? Uh, it's still just something that uh, they're just maybe it is the Luke Harper type thing. Somebody coming in that's being a surprise. They kind of just haven't had that big pop recently. They have a lot of good stuff. A lot of like, like there is uh, much less fat than there was early on when they got started. So they've trimmed that all the stuff in the middle is going great in terms of the top stuff, even the Jericho things, which I, I changed my opinion. I think Jericho in terms of the heel he's doing, he's doing it so well that I'm willing to accept it. Even if it is a heel that's being liked for being funny, sure. uh, it's going well. The, the issue being, there's just not a moment. Like if I was to tell you right now what the biggest moment was on AEW dynamite, I just watched it a few hours ago and I can't tell you, I have, I have no idea. That's not a good sign. NXT. I could tell you it is, uh, the giant freaking, uh, move where Keith Lee has both Champa and Finn Balor over his head and slams them down like Keith Lee just looking like a million bucks. It's I can Keith, tell you what the best Keith moment Lee, is. Keith Lee is a million bucks. That's true. Um, the more I see of Keith Lee, the more I think that like this is the best thing in professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> like, like just the things that he does, and uh, he just makes me happy. He's just a person that I like having around in wrestling, and he, he seems like a good person. And if he's interested in having like a little brother in his life, I volunteer myself for that role. <laughs> anything from AEW? I know you didn't watch this week, but anything that's going on that uh, interested in? Um, that interest uh, uh, like anything you care about <laughs> that you're like you need to talk about before we get on out Nothing of here. Nothing that's couple really minutes. pressing. You know what? I did have a kind of a thought of um. All right, so this does kind of tune into what you were talking about with um, like comedic heels, is um. You know, we we've uh, time and time again said, uh, you know, who's the best on the mic? MJF. If he just stopped talking for like a month, I feel like that would just add a layer 
almost to his heel. His he won't heel even persona. give you those great he won't heel e- promos. He won't even give you the. He won't give you the time of day. You're not worth his time for him to waste his wit on you. And just a silent MJF, like not long term, because he's too fucking witty and funny for you to do that long term. Because then, yes, you are missing out on on. And you just jogged my memory. That was the other big thing. Was his promo was just like. 100 percent perfect, and that's the thing is his promos are always perfect, and that would almost be the thing is like it, it if he gets that reception of of you know he still is just enough of an asshole to get the un, the right num- amount of booze that he gets. If he becomes that guy though, who's just so clever that people laugh and cheer him and agree with him every time, I feel like that would be an interesting move. Yeah, I think his tone, though, and particularly what he says, while witty and while fans will appreciate it and sometimes won't boo when they need to, uh, it's still antagonistic and in a way that still bites. And so I think it will oh, always it I think it will always work. I don't think he has that risk it, of being in the Jericho oh, kind of like it, sliding over. And I don't think it would draw away from him. I just think that what I'm saying is I think it would be an interesting addition yeah. of, of doing this like... Like, I'm not even going to give you the satisfaction of hearing an excellent promo. Yeah. Because I'm that much of an asshole. He just comes out with somebody. He has a mouthpiece. The one guy who is the mouthpiece has a mouthpiece talk for him for a Mm -hmm. few weeks. Yeah. Uh, I I think that could work. Uh, Just a little, like, like (laughs) minor fantasy booking. Uh, Last little bit as we uh, get out of here. Batista, NWO, I know you wanted... uh, uh, the Blue World Order to get in. Missed it by yeah. just a notch there. I bet I, the I voting got, was close from what I hear. I got really excited because I thought it was BWO. I was like, <laughs> oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, look, I thought fucking NWO was already in the Hall, in the Hall of Fame. And they kind of are. Um, I think all of them are, actually, the four that they've listed. I mean, I guess they're inducting the whole organization yeah. in a sense. But is it's Kevin like, Nash in? I'm pretty sure he is. I'm pretty sure Kevin Nash... And so Scott Hall. In, did, did they go in as Diesel and Razor Ramon? That happened? I think they went in as Nash and Hall. Oh. And, uh, Extra weird. And, uh, and actually, yeah, fuck, that makes it even weirder. And then I'm pretty, and then uh, X-Pac went in with DX, right? Like, yeah. last year? Last year, yeah. So, so two in a row, uh, really weird. I heard it was like, uh, you know, like, I think Atlanta is supposed to be WrestleMania in a couple years, so it's like that would have been a better move to have NWO when they're going when they're there. No, um, I bet Vince doesn't put any WCW guys in that Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's just all bitter. It's about gonna it. be it's gonna be Doink the Clown. It's Good. gonna it's, <laughs> it's all right. So uh, who's missing? That's the quick uh, little bit, like from who, the Hall of Fame or from, from the NWO? NWO going into the Hall of Fame. So you got those four. Uh, is or do you just think Xbox needs to get the boot? What What is your <laughs> final list of who you think should go in with NWO? Um, oh, uh, I don't, oh, I want right? to punch myself in the dick, but I almost want to say Eric Bischoff. Um, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? No, um, I don't know. There's that, uh. That's the thing. There were like forty guys in the NWO. I know, but that's the point. Is like this um, is this is core. This is the inner circle of the NWO. I would say, um, fuck. I'd almost say Sting, due to his 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 tear against the NWO and alliance with the NWO, and then also the fact that they made that whole WrestleMania match NWO versus DX, and then included him. That is a part of why that kind of stands out. I mean, you could say the giant, um, 
You know what? No, I have my answer. Dennis Rodman. That's it. Good. That's the answer. Solid. Yeah. I, did, uh, I had to dig for that, but I found it. Uh, I was going to go. I was just going to say uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Ash, Hulk Hogan. I guess X-Pac can make it in. Giants probably the one right there on the X. Just because you already have Big Show. You're like giving him recognition in a way that but, he but was vital to the NWO's next step. He was huge for the NWO, but I think that I almost feel like they want to induct him as Big Show as, First. A, as an individual. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should have got on that much faster, guys. Well, and he then, might his career might still be going on. And then on. obviously uh buff Bagwell just because there's All no right, other I way he's getting in. Definitely buff stuff, but uh No other way he's getting in, so you're kind of <laughs> fucking him over on this one. Uh yeah, that's it. That's uh that's our list of NWO. That's also all we have for this episode of the Make It a Mark Wrestling Show. Ethan, any last thoughts before I get on out of here? Um if they could work Baby Yoda into the Jurassic Express somehow um, I which I think makes sense because he's kind of like a dinosaur. I think that uh, I don't think that's accurate at all. I don't is... think that follows any of the canon of Star Wars. But uh, mm. we we shall see. I'm sorry, is this a fucking Star Wars podcast all of a sudden, uh, or is it a yeah. wrestling? It's a goddamn wrestling oh, podcast. Who brought up Baby Yoda? Uh, who brought up Baby Yoda? Uh, me always, and also MJF, because everything in life is a more or less sophisticated form of professional wrestling. And that's all we have for this wrestling podcast. Make it a Mark Wrestling Show on the Tell Me More podcast. Later, Marks. <laughs>